simply shameful. Forgive me, my lord. We've had more excitement than one servant can manage. Keeping a firm hand on Henry, Tony eyed Harvey's shirt-front. Is that blood? Yes. Whose? Lady Hetheridge's. Good God, is she quite all right? Yes, my lord, but we may yet need to ring 999 for, uh... Harvey's eyes slid to Henry, and he censored himself. Our guests? I'm going to Robbie's, Henry declared stoutly. He wiped his nose with his sleeve. No, you're not. Tony tightened his grip on the boy's shoulder. You're coming with me. Harvey, where is my wife and our guests? The parlour, sir. And where's Richie? In his room, playing Lego. I don't believe he's aware of what's happening. Thank heaven for small favours, Tony said. Harvey, why don't you sit down, have a brandy, order us all some takeaway. Curry will do. Hot for me, mild for Kate and the boys. Now then, Henry. He steered the child out of the kitchen. Let's get this sorted, shall we? For years, Tony had relied on Wellgrave House's stairs. A day or two off from such activity, and his arthritic left knee might conclude it had been given license to pack it in. What would fail next? An elbow? His spine? Tony's view on stiff, aching joints was simple. One who admits the existence of pain stops, and one who stops dies. Given his status as a newlywed, a term he publicly flinched at but secretly enjoyed, Tony had no intention of stopping any time in the next forty years. So Wellgrave House's antique lift was more or less off-limits to him. But Henry, drawn to all forms of technology, loved it. He particularly enjoyed playing elevator operator, closing the brass gate, working the mechanism, pulling the gate open, and announcing the floor. Tonight, however, he walked past the elevator like it didn't exist. Trudging up the stairs beside Tony, he kept his head down and his mouth set. Who is it? Tony asked the boy, though from Harvey's utterance of our guests there could be little doubt. His new in-laws, the Wakefields. What else could cause Harvey, an aspiring stage actor before he'd swapped the footlights for domestic service, to pour so much fear and loathing into two little words? It's my mum, my grand too, Henry sighed. I thought I wanted this. I used to pray every night that mum would get out of the hospital. I prayed to meet grand too, and now I have. Tony didn't know what to say. Before Henry had come into his life, his experience with children had been virtually non-existent. Was he meant to offer some platitude? He wasn't in the habit of coddling his subordinates, and heaven knew his father had never coddled him. In the late Lord Hetheridge's estimation, praise, encouragement, and treats were for his prized Springer Spaniels, not his children. Perhaps that's why I've never owned a dog, Tony thought. I considered them competitors, not companions. A framed portrait on the landing caught his eye. A faded oil of his father enthroned en famille in a leather chair, whiskey in hand, favourite bitch and three pups at his feet. Arranged on the wall around it were black and white photographs of Hetheridge's long dead. Aunts and nephews, cousins and uncles, all with the same grim mouth and icy stare. Though Tony passed this landing at least twice a day, time had rendered the portraits invisible. Now, for the first time in ages, he found himself truly seeing the frozen faces that had scrutinized him since boyhood. I can't even name half those people. Why in bloody hell have I let them look down on me for so long? 
Henry gained the landing with obvious reluctance, stopping a few meters from the closed parlor door. It was inviting enough, oak-stained dark brown with a crystal doorknob, identical to every door on that floor. Henry eyed it like a condemned man might eye the gallows. I don't know Gran too well, but Mum, he stammered, fighting to get the words out. She seems, you know, not sick so much as, um, just you wait, you bloody stupid cow, you'll be sorry, a female shrieked from inside the parlour. Tony didn't recognise the voice, but Henry did. Mum, stop! He flung open the door and rushed inside. Following, Tony slipped automatically into detective mode. As he absorbed the scene, even the drawing room's basic details leapt out. Foam green wallpaper flecked with gold. Shelves packed with leather-bound books. Two brass lamps, a velvet sofa, a cold fireplace with a polished fender and a glass-fronted drinks cabinet.